Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We are your hosts, David O. And Eric B. Today we are joined by our very special guest, Brianna. How are you doing today? Great. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing yeah. well. Good. Where are you from, Brianna? I am from Nobody Virginia, asked you, California. California. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, when were you first introduced to recovery? Uh, I was back in high school. Um, hmm. Yeah, I was I was put into juvenile hall a lot as or placed in juvenile hall a lot as a minor. Yeah, and so nice. I had to go in and out of recovery from there for a while. And cool. yeah, I mean, I guess cool. <laughs> I mean, I wish, it is what it is. I, yeah, I wish like uh, I would have gone straight into like rehabilitation as opposed to uh, a juvenile delinquent center in a sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. All right. Well, with with all that out of the way, we're going to turn it over to you to share your story with us. So take it away. Okay. So growing up, um, both of my parents were both alcoholics, separated. They had never been together. Um, my mother was the drinker who could have one sip and like switch just like that. I know we all have either family members or friends or ourselves that are like that. And my father was... What do you mean? Who, uh, what do you mean by that? Just like having... You can have a, like just a drink and just automatically switch into a different person. It, they talk about it in the... Uh, AA oh. The Jackal and Hyde. Yes. It was, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and my father was the opposite. He was very like fun to get around when he was drinking and just the life of the party in a sense. But mm-hmm. not drinking, he just was super miserable. He was didn't have alcohol in the system. So I grew up around that a lot. And um, uh, let's see, like, I started drinking. I think I had my first drink, actually, in kindergarten, which was, it was more Whoa. like my sister. Yeah, my sister was trying it for her. My older sister, who was eight years older than me, was trying it for her first time. Or it was beer, and I tried it, and I was like, oh, that tastes like honey, kind of a thing, which should have been, like, my first red flag. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I was surrounded around, just my mom was getting married a lot. Like, she's been married multiple times, so I was around mm-hmm. alcoholic men, and I eventually decided to do my own thing when I got into high school, when I started hanging out with all the punk rockers and um, the hip hoppers, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and What was your favorite punk rock band? Uh, my favorite, I would have to say like Black Flag back in the day. Sure. Uh, Good choice. <laughs> but so, um, yes, uh, I got in to that scene and went head first <laughs> rather quickly and I mm-hmm. got into drugs I started using drugs I, I went like I had my first drink of alcohol when I was really young but didn't really start drinking until after like I went straight into methamphetamine oh yeah. Sadly, yeah yeah, I, yeah. we, we get was, that a lot from out, out in California 
yeah, it was, like, introduced to me, like, oh, it's going to be fun, it'll make you skinny, like, all the, I was like, oh, okay, for sure, like, <laughs> that was one of the selling points, that was yeah. one of the selling points for it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was fucked up. <laughs> so, I, I decided to do it, and before I knew it, knew it I was hooked. And I was mm-hmm. stealing money from my dad because he was drunk and he wouldn't remember how much money he had in his wallet anyways. So I was like, well, I was just, yep. <laughs> so that was going on for a while until I started running away and um, vandalizing and getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started going in and out of juvenile hall. Um, and I had... I was looking at my last sentence. I was, it was my last sentence, and I was getting either YA, which was a um, a year and a half in YA, which is a placement home. I mean, not YA. Uh, I was going into a placement home, and then I asked for boot camp and everything, and they gave me boot camp. But if I got into trouble again, I was looking at juvenile life, which was uh, to 25 in YA. Um that's when I decided I was going to possibly stop because I didn't stop using directly mm-hmm. after. Um, and I had met my husband, or my late husband, he passed away, but I had met oh, my husband. Sorry. Thank you. Um, and he actually helped me get sober. And um, I'll be celebrating uh, sobriety off of methamphetamine on 4th of July for 13 years now, I think, oh, 13 or 14. I kind of lost count after 10, like, <laughs> you know, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was going on for a while, and then my husband, after we got married in 09, February mm-hmm. 14th, 09, and he passed away eight months later in a car accident, and from there on out, um, I went into a really, really bad depression of just, like, drinking a ton. Everyone thought I was going to relapse off of methamphetamines, which didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I just went straight into alcohol. Like, so bad. I was, like, fighting my best friends and just mm. acting a fool, you know. Um, I, I didn't get, I didn't hurt anyone, I luckily. Mm-hmm. But that was going on for a while. And then I eventually, a few years later, I ended up getting pregnant. I have a beautiful baby daughter now. But um, during, I had stopped drinking, obviously, when I was pregnant. And I got mm-hmm. out, like, once I gave birth to her, I wasn't drinking just yet. But mm-hmm. it was, like, once she got to the age of, like, not having to breastfeed anymore, I started drinking. And I was going out on weekends and, like, getting right back into this pattern that I had. And I knew that that wasn't what I wanted. Like, that's when I started stepping into program. It's like, this isn't, and I don't, I don't know. I want to say that my daughter was the catalyst to that. Um, But I also got sick of feeling like I was going to be my mother or my parents. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that for my my child. Um, So I just like, I remember, <laughs> I remember asking one of my friends to go to an AA meeting with me, and, like, we had walked in together, and they weren't having a meeting, so then I was like, oh, well, I guess that's my sign, and, like, we went out and went drinking, 
And then a few, like, maybe like a year later, he ended up actually going into program, or into the program, and was in for like three years, and then I was just like, I need to go, like, it's that time, and Mm -hmm. we went, and it, seriously, I met some of the best people ever in program, and just like, the stories that like, help you, I don't know, there's just, it's just the strength that you see from people. And, like, even if, like, they're newcomers, it's just, like, just the strength to have to walk into those doors says a lot. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, it's heavy. (laughs) It gets really heavy in those rooms. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and so I I was in program for about a year and a half, um, and I eventually stopped going. I can't really say exactly why I stopped going, but... I think it was more just like the drama that was going on at the the clickiness and the drama that happens sometimes at places. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And I'm cur- I currently drink. I don't drink like I used to, and I know I know that they talk about that. Like, our hats off to those that can, or what, I can't remember exactly the words, but mm-hmm. I. I started having to find things that were my creative outlets or that would help me stay sober uh-huh. as opposed to like, I know like meetings work for people and I just needed a creative outlet. So I started finding things that I really loved that I knew I could not do intoxicated. Like there was mm-hmm. definitely no way. And those are the things that have like helped me stay sober through my alcoholism. Mm. And uh, my drug abuse, because I have used drugs in the past and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, it's, it's interesting. And now I like make art related to alcoholism and like what growing up with alcoholics is like. And mm. yeah. <laughs> and things and heavy at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, like, when I first released everything, I started crying because it was just, like, you become so vulnerable yeah. releasing things like that. And just even sharing yeah. stories, it's, like, a vulnerable state that you're in and you're opening up to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we definitely have some questions for you. Um, hmm. Would you like to start or would you like me to start, Eric? You can start, David. I started last time. All right. Um, I want to jump straight to like the the art because um, uh, Eric's an artist. I, I I am a collage artist. Um, so I want to know. Um, first of all, uh, what kind of art do you do? Like, what's your main medium? I use spray paint. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I use awesome. spray paint. Um, well, I uh, on like glass bottles and wood. So there's like some mixed media in there, but my main medium is, is, uh, Awesome. Um, so how does art, uh, help you in your recovery? Like how does it, uh, really, um, keep you centered and really feed, how does it feed your spirit? It, I started like, 
there's something inside of me that needs to come out. I think this is like for most people or artists in general. Mm-hmm. And it's like those, it's that deeper, darker area or that corner of your soul. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize how much was built up inside of me that I wasn't releasing. And yeah. one day it just exploded <laughs> and I burst it into tears kind of thing. And I just started, I needed to get it out to like save myself at that mm. point. Um, and uh, it's, it helps, like I said, it helps to keep me sober because I can't create when I'm intoxicated. It's yeah. not, it's not, I mean, like you can get ideas, but like actually putting your hands on things when you're intoxicated, it just does not work. It like comes out yeah. of this and it's just not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like helped me like, uh, it's helped me heal areas of myself. Not saying that the wound or the scar is not still there because it will always be there, but it's helped yeah. heal those wounds and by helping other people as well through like my messages and my stories. I think helping people helps me help myself <laughs> or heal myself yeah. too. Yeah, totally. All right, Eric, what do you got? All right, so I, I'm going to be the one who will probably ask the more difficult questions on this one, but... Um, what you, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you literally just said David's going to ask you the easy questions. <laughs> it's, all, it's all a matter of interpretation, David. I, I mean, you know, I, it's, how, it's how you're taking it. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll let you be where you are. It's okay. Um so, <laughs> so, uh, Brianna, you you were in a program, and one of the things that is always interesting, you know, and you know, I'm I'm going to say it in kind of a way that you know, not everyone believes this, but we, David and I, both know people who have left the program, and you know, they're they're okay. Um, it doesn't always work out that way. So, um, I'm curious as to why, what was the choice that you made that, you know, where you decided that it was okay to leave the program and what kind of, um, like, yeah, I mean, why, why did you leave the program and what, you know, safety like what precautions did you, I know the creativity but what other precautions do you have in place to make sure you don't kind of like go back to like a you know go backwards uh, yes okay so the reason I left is I started hanging out with my old group of friends mm-hmm. um mm. yeah not my super old group of friends where I was like doing really bad stuff with just like the friends I was hanging out with right before I got into program. I'm not talking about like the mm-hmm. ones I was doing mess with and that's those ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with them a lot and they were drinking and they drink and it's not, they never pressured me or anything like that. It was not about that. I just, I felt like I had control over it and I was testing mm-hmm. my waters and this was about four years ago. Oh, okay. Years ago, or yeah, um, and I was I was nervous when I just like started again. I like got the anxiety back, (laughs) 
and things like that, which wasn't fun at first. But um, the things I do to like help myself when I feel myself slipping, because I'm a, I'm diagnosed with depression, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's a big thing. And like I don't take medication for it. I I have been prescribed things, and I've chosen not to. I worked in a pharmacy for three years, and I've grown to get like become really holistic in that sense. Yeah. Um, mm. So when I start to feel like the heaviness of depression or sadness or stress or anything, I one I focus on my art, and then or mm-hmm. I go out into nature a lot. I don't necessarily surround myself with people if I'm feeling down because I it's like you always feel like a burden <laughs> in times mm. when you're yep. sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Totally. So and then I'll try to read health self or self help books. So that's another thing that's helped me. I went through really, really bad depression during my um, when I was in program, and then I started reading self help books, and those actually really helped me get out of my bed and just get out slowly. Mm. It's like um, we get I don't know that heavy. We all know the heaviness. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. It's just like finding the baby steps on like getting out of it if we can, you know. Mm. All right. I, I think everything is the baby steps in, in general. Oh, yeah. I think once we start overwhelming ourselves with things, it, that's when it, it like backfires. Yeah. All right. So that actually, like you, you sort of started talking about like what I was just about to ask you, I was going to ask you, like, what other tools do you use to help maintain your, your like, progress and recovery? Um, like, what specific um, self-help books? Because, I, like, I have a couple, like, that I go to. Um, I, like, I also love one thing that really, like, centers me in... Uh, You guys oh, are breaking up. I, sorry, you guys are breaking up. Do you hear me now? Uh, yes. Like one of the things as well is uh, poetry, and I like I love poetry. Um, so, like, what what specific books really helped you? Um, okay, well, there's the Power of Now <laughs> that everyone knows about mm-hmm. um, by Eckhart Tolle, and then the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Which is another Yeah, I recommend that one. It's really, it's, it's really good. It's straightforward. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it, yeah, it gets to the dirty work. Um, and then there's, let's see, the One Mind, which uh, Larry Dowsey, and the mm-hmm. Twelve Rules of Life by Jordan okay. Peterson. Huh. And then I have this other one. It's by Gloria Steinem. It's the book of self-esteem revolution from within. The cover is very yeah. cheesy, but it's actually yeah. very well written. <laughs> so those are a few. Nice. Hey, um, I'm going to throw a recommendation your way. Have you ever read the uh, the Road Less Traveled? No. Check it out. The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott by M. Scott Peck. Is very. It was really profound in my recovery. 
and like he has a, he has a couple books like he's an actual doctor and like he was he was like a psychotherapist for a long time and uh it, it was just really really eye-opening to me so just give us a suggestion take it if you want awesome yes i just wrote it down awesome back to you eric for your more difficult sophisticated questions <laughs> Thanks, David, for throwing it back uh, this way. Um, so, let's let's talk about moderation. Uh, it's it's an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I, I think it's something that should be, and I mean, even I have to, I guess, be um, kind of walk on eggshells with this topic a little bit. But it is it is a form of recovery. And a lot of people forget that, um, but moderation is a form of recovery. And depending on your definition of recovery, a lot of things can be really considered recovery because uh, it's based on our definition. Mm -hmm. So, in your way, um, and I, I do, I do. You know, you mentioned the self help books, but what does your moderation program look like? Right? Because I mean, you mentioned that you drink, um, but. You know, yeah. in like other programs, um, you know, like especially in like s programs related to sex or programs related to like overeating, you have to have like a bottom line or like codependency. Like you have like a limit, right? And I feel like moderation management programs are, are very similar where you are saying like, this is my limit. I can't go beyond this or else this happens, right? Like, so what uh -huh. in your program where you're, you're now moderating um, and, and being able to do this for four years shows that, you know, it's, it's working for you. And that's honestly all that really matters. Um, so what, like, what is your bottom line with your moderation? And after that, what are the other things you do for yourself to help yourself like spiritually, emotionally, and mentally besides just the self-help books? For the record, I had this question written down as well, Eric. <laughs> Do you want some validation, David? <laughs> Go ahead, Brianna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so my moderation, when after I first started drinking again, I, I started off really light. Like, I guess you could say, what uh, are those? Spiders? What, you, what is it? From there, I, what was that? A cider. Oh, ciders. cider. Like hard cider. cider. Okay, I thought you, I thought yeah, you said I'm, I'm like hungry, so I thought you said sliders. And I, okay, but go ahead. Oh no, <laughs> no. So ciders, and then um, it took me a minute to realize what my my limit was, and I would say three three beers, three drinks mm -hmm. is my limit. I don't like going after, like more after that. I can. Um, <laughs> I don't like to, and I mm -hmm. hold myself to that. If I'm at home, it's a different story. If I'm out kind of thing, it's I don't like to have more than three beers. Mm -hmm. And um, it's worked for me. Um, I, I hold, before I used to just drink and drink and drink and not stop until I was, like, blacked out. Mm -hmm. And, well, yeah. I say blackout, but it is blacking out, because, yeah. And we just, like, it was more like a, a reel. Like, you would just see visions or, like, pictures of things, and it would be gone, and then 
something else would happen. Yeah, I don't miss those times at all. Or like waking up and you're like, how did I get here? Like, (laughs) I don't like that. It was not fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But you were saying the other tools that I used for to help me is I I meditate when I go hiking. I try to Mm -hmm. be in nature as much as I can. Unfortunately, that's I'm not able to right now with the whole quarantine. Um, yeah. They, yeah, they shut down all the trails in LA County, which is a bummer. Yeah. But um, nature is a, a huge thing for me. I go hiking a lot, so it helps me clear my mind and just be able to, I guess, delve into my inner thoughts and everything like that. And so yeah. it's not comfortable. I'm not going to say it's comfortable and it's easy because I cry. There's times like... I cry and I, you kind of just have to deal with it. I mean, everyone has to deal with it, but it's more like, do we want to? You know, Eric doesn't cry. <laughs> what? Nope. Um, nope. Eric doesn't cry. Not, not very, <laughs> o- not, not, <laughs> no, not, not very, very often. Not very often. David. When was the last time you cried, Eric? Uh, yeah. Silence. That's right. <laughs> He doesn't even know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't watch a commercial like, you know, like I we've been over this. You're going to be that person walking down like the aisle and like you see like a Hallmark card and you just burst out into fucking tears. Like we, we've talked about this. That is not true. <laughs> I might shed one. I'm not going to burst. There's a difference between like a trickle and a burst. Like I'm not going to full on ugly cry in the Hallmark store. That's not going to happen. You've you've cried. I totally shed some tears from memes and things like that, or little stories. Oh, Dave, that's a di- yeah. no. David, David will do the same. I mean, there's there's moments where we're, we're I ugly cry. There's moments on the <laughs> podcast where we'll be hearing someone's story, and David will start to tear up over there. He'll start to you know get a little sniffle. Oh, that's sweet. I see. He's he's the mind, and I'm the soul. That's why this is. That's why this podcast works. <laughs> yep, that's, that's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's true. Well, he has a soul. I'll say the heart. Both have a little bit of soul. Okay, but yeah, no, like what you were saying, like crying on hikes. Yeah, I've done that before. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was in Yosemite. I'm, you're just laughing at my tears on, on a yeah, hike? Pretty, pretty much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good. No, but like in, not, not around here because I've seen these hikes a million times, but like when I, when I was out in Yosemite and like you just get to a beautiful vista and, and you just see a view, Wait, like you just stop. don't see all the time. No, stop. Are what? you, are you literally fucking telling me right now you're crying at the beauty of nature? <laughs> Is that what you're about yes. to? Is that what you're about to say? Have you not done that? No, no. I'm sorry. I haven't done that. You've never. You've, I've never looked. What is wrong I've with never. You? I've never looked upon a vista and been like, oh my god, the, the tears. Like, no. Dude, is that a beauty, normal the beauty of nature? I'm sorry. Is that a normal thing for people to do? Is it like? Is that like? Yes. And it's like, oh, the the stream and 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 the waterbed and you know and and you not see yes. like this this lovely like array of you know my my wife is sitting in the room and i'm going to ask her have you ever cried at the beauty of nature 
Yes, she said yes. She's just co-signing your bullshit, dude. Like, there's like... <laughs> she is not! Like, I, I'm sorry. I mean... I, no. The I, first time I showed her the, the Milky Way in the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert, in, in, in California, dude... She, she she cried. She had never seen that many stars in her life, and it made her cry. Yeah, I, I just don't have I'm a witness. that depth, I guess, guys. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't. No, you don't. Um, Son of a bitch. Wow. You, you, I totally you, cried in nature or for nature. <laughs> so I'm gonna, you haven't? You know, I have. I have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brianna. <laughs> <sighs> I'm at a loss, guys. I, I, just the, can't really. I think you just are not on the right hike. You need to go to the no, hike. I, I don't. Yes. That, to be honest, <laughs> there are certain things where I'm just You're like. You're on the wrong hikes, my man. Am I? There's never, there's never a you time are. where I'm going to be like, you know, this uh, this part of the ocean, I, I think this is a cry. You know, I think, I think the this ocean, is the, the time. The ocean doesn't do it for me. This mountain. The ocean doesn't do it for Not me. that mountain. That mountain no. isn't a cry. But this this mountain. This sure, is a good yeah. cry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. I don't think my brain. I'm, I'm sure my when brain I see doesn't. The northern, when my I brain. See the northern lights for the first time. I'll cry. When I see the northern lights for the first time, yeah. I will make sure that my camera is adjusted to the correct setting so that it picks it up. That is how yeah, my brain awesome. works. <laughs> You know, I'm like, all right, do I have my ISO right? Like, all right, what's, okay, what's my aperture? Like, all right, you know, uh, do I like this focal length? I don't know. Let's go a little wider. Like, You're my the brain. Man, bro. No, You're the like, man. I, I just, you know, I don't. You need, you need to take the yellow brick road, go go find a heart from the man behind the fucking cave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you're, moving on. Go ahead, yeah. Go moving ahead. on. Go ahead. Moving on. Okay, so. Uh, kind of expounding on, on, on one of Eric's previous questions. I wasn't sure which one. Um, so when, when you decided to ultimately like leave the program, um, did you get any backlash from that? Like, did you, did you get a, any, any judgment or like side eyes or, or, or even outright like comments, uh, that were negative? And how did you deal with that negativity knowing that you were doing what was right for you? Surprisingly, I didn't get any negativity from it. You're still laughing at me. I kind of. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. I can hear it. You can just, just get it out. Just get it out. Sorry. That's fine. Sorry. Okay. It's fine. So, um, uh, no, I didn't really get any backlash from it. Uh, I had gone mm -hmm. back in a few times after I left, and I was always really welcome. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Owen, everyone would just like, Oh, glad to have you back. Like, it's good to see you again. And like, how are you? Like, I never got any negative feedback from it or anything, which was, I was a little nervous about, like, not, not going to lie. I thought I was going to, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting just cause like the five of the, the, the place I would go to, it can be really clicky and judgmental in some certain aspects, but like. When it comes to leaving and coming back, it seems like they're really understanding mm -hmm. and aren't super judgmental and with comments and things like that. Like, I, one of my best friends is still in program, and I still see them, like, all the time, and they never, they know that I drink, and, like, 
more just ask me if I'm okay, like, when things get rough, like, in life in general and stuff. Hmm. So, it's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, good. I, like, I, there's, there's, like, the reason I ask that is because, um, and Eric will, will agree, I'm sure, that, like, when we've had friends who have gone out, it, occasionally there's people who who judge them, like, yes. either openly or, or just talk behind their back and, and, like, make really shitty fucking comments about, like, oh, they don't want to... Clearly, they just want to fuck up their life or blah, blah, blah. Like, just, just really negative, crappy shit. And, and I was just wondering if, like, if you had that same sort of experience, but I'm really glad that you didn't. I mean, I may have, but I didn't know about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if they're talking behind your back, you're not going to know about it. <laughs> yeah, that might have happened, but I'm, like, to my face or anything like that that I know of, it did not. Good. That's awesome. Back to you, Eric. You heartless bastard. Uh, I'll, dude, I'll see the wizard after this. It's fun. Um, so, good. good. I guess, and I'll, I'll be the cowardly lion. I'll come get some courage with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, you mentioned I'm that not wearing ruby slippers, though. Mm. Not again. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess um, you're you're just going really far down this rabbit hole with that. Uh, so, Brown, really with am. with your parents being you know alcoholics, um, <clears throat> and you've had issues in the past yourself. You mentioned that you you have a child. Yes. Um, are you worried <clears throat> at all that um, you know there might that you know, this is a genetic disorder and that could be passed on. Yes. And how, like, oh, yes. how do you I'm deal with that? Very, uh, well, right now she's only seven, <laughs> but it does, I'm worried because my mom has other mental health problems that mm. I, I believe they've gone undiagnosed for quite a while. And um, mm. I luckily have only been uh, what do you call it, diagnosed with depression, but I don't know about how my daughter will be when she's older. I'm worried about that and things, but she's, I mean, she's overall a very happy child. She didn't have the same lifestyle like I grew up in. Um, I was really abused and neglected, and she's, like, everything, like, complete opposite. <laughs> um and so it does cross my mind and a lot and it makes me not want to have any more children either because mm. of that. Um, her father's side, yeah, as far as like, yeah, her, her grandfather passed away from alcoholism on her father's side. So it's definitely on both sides of the family, which is scary. Mm. Mm. But I, I know like, with the path that I've walked down, that it'll be easier for me to talk to her when those things start to arise. And I'm also really open with talking to her, like just in general with certain things. Um, mm. And she's only seven, but she's really understanding. And like, she enjoys like having adult conversations when it's necessary. Um, so I think just like being able to speak to her and 
still being her friend will make things easier when the time arises, especially because kids are getting into drugs and alcohol at such a younger age. Uh, mm. I believe it's the best way I can just be her friend and not try to make her scared of me because I don't want to be scared. I don't want her to be scared of me. I was terrified of my parents, so it's like, it's a really shitty feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just try to talk to her in a calm voice and just a about life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a scary thing, though. The passing oh, yeah. on alcoholism to your child and things and just addiction in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. But, um, I kind of want to, like, expound on, like, I, I want to expand on uh, my last question a little bit. Um, like, like Eric was saying earlier, um, moderation is absolutely a form of recovery. So is uh, a maintenance treatment programs. Um, so, like my my question is to you: like, how important is it for all different forms of recovery to really start recognizing that different things work for different people, and to be more open-minded and respectful within those, within those groups and in between those groups and really allowing people to do whatever really best suits their life and progresses their life and ultimately makes them happy and their life better. Oh, it's definitely crucial. It's, uh, it's not everyone's the same. Nobody, like we aren't wired the same. So we can't, exactly. not every program is going to work the same for us. It's yes. just, that's, I know in like the, the big book, it's like, oh, the, this is like how you got to do it. This is the way it's going to be. Otherwise you're going to relapse or you're going to be, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not that black and white. It's really mm-hmm. not. It's like everyone's wired differently. We, we have certain triggers. Um, mm-hmm. Some, and it's, we all come from different backgrounds and different things are going to work for each other, or different people. It's not just mm-hmm. like for anything. Um, and it's like the, the era when the big book was written is very, it's very old school. So they just want to stick mm-hmm. to it. And it's like, now that we're growing or that we've like progressed in life in general and just like more religions are becoming, um, I guess, recognized as being like into the community as opposed to just being like Christianity or Catholic and just, um, it's just there's all these different religions. It's just like, there's all these different backgrounds and like certain things work for certain people. And it's Mm not, yeah, like I said, it's not that black and white at all to be, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And it's like, no, because then people get overwhelmed and they're going to be down on themselves if they're not going by the book. It's like, that's where they start to feel like a failure. And that's like, that's, that's, (laughs) we're doing the opposite. It's like not what we want. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. All right, Eric. I'm... Oh, oh Go no, ahead. keep going. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Don't keep going. <laughs> it's uh, about that time, David. It's about that time. Can I ask one more fun question? Sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you've been a West Coaster your whole life, correct? Yes, I've lived in Delaware. I lived in Delaware when my husband and I got married. Oh, uh, you lived in Delaware? 
Yes, he was. We were both oh, from out oh. here. <laughs> no, you're not kidding. It did. It was, we lived on the Air Force Base there. Um, okay. I've pretty much been on the West Coast my entire life. Okay. So, well, this is even perfect, even more perfect for my, uh, my question. So, being uh, experienced in both the West Coast and the East Coast, I, I have a two-part question. Which coast do you prefer, and also, what do you find weird about people from the East Coast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I prefer the West Coast because it's more sunny, um, and, okay. it's, and I really like the music scene out here. Yep. So, yep. I'm, yeah, totally. I'm like, I love the music scene and, like, the rock festivals and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the weird thing about the East Coast is I feel like everyone's stuck in the 90s, like, with their dress. Whoa. With that, with that, that's also Delaware for you. <laughs> that is Delaware, 100%. We're in Maryland, so we're, we're right okay. next to, like, and we 100% look down our noses at people in Delaware. <laughs> I love, uh, for all our listeners you. in Delaware, we love you. Your 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 state smells like a chicken farm. I'm sorry. What, dude? That's okay. First off, d- uh, David, slow your roll. First of the, all, have you been true. to the Have you been to the Eastern Shore? Come on now. Our state, part of it, smells uh, yes. like a chicken farm. Um, and part of it. That's not all of it. I would say personally, the Delaware beaches are far superior to the Maryland beaches. It's not even close. Rehoboth Beach is the only beach I remember. But you remembered it. There you go. You know? Yes. So. That's a, it was a solid, like, memorable like the, Yeah, it was like the Venice Beach out there for, like, our Venice Beach out here kind of thing. Yeah. I guess you could say. Okay. <laughs> I mean, That's Ocean solid. City's kind of gross. Can we can we be honest about that? Yes. Ocean City's gross. Yes. So, yes. so there's I, good... I'm not... I'm not. I haven't been to Ocean City, so I can't say. You're not. You're oh, not please, missing don't, much. Don't, yeah. don't go. Don't go. Don't, 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 go. <laughs> don't go to Ocean City, Maryland. Or Jersey. You'll, you don't have to go to either. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because we have an Ocean City out here, so I was like, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Like, why? Like, how how uncreative are fucking people? That, like, oh, what are we going to name this city? Uh, Ocean City. I wonder how many Ocean <laughs> Cities are in America. <laughs> It's like some Google that real quick. Yeah. I need an answer. I need an answer now. I like it, it's ridiculous, but I I've, I've never lived on the West Coast, but like I, every time I travel out there, I, I appreciate it. And the thing I would have to say is weird about you West Coasters is you guys walk so fucking slow. I don't get it. Like I'm a person when I'm walking, I'm walking with a purpose. I'm trying to get somewhere. And on the sidewalks is full of these people that are just strolling around, probably high as fuck, in San Francisco. Get out of my fucking way. But San Francisco is different than L.A., and I know that. So judgmental, David. So I was just kidding. There is no Ocean City in California, but there are four Ocean Cities, I think. Yeah, I saw five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the United States? Yeah. There's only five ocean cities We're, in the United States. Yeah, there's one. The one I was I was getting confused with the one by San Diego. It's ocean something. I don't know. Oh, huh. interesting. You prefer Northern California or Southern California? Ooh, I would prefer Northern California to be honest. But I'm from 
yeah, SoCal. <laughs> so Oceanside is what I was getting confused with, my bad. Oceanside, okay. okay. Yeah. And to any of our, our Americans listening, we, we love you all. We cherish you. <laughs> Except for Alaska, you're kind of weird, but thank you for the gas. So, so judgmental. So judgmental, David. No. Um, I'm kidding. We love we love all of our listeners, especially our Canadians. So... If you're Canadian and you're listening to this, I, I love you. David. I love Canada. Um, yeah, uh, you, you do Canada like Canada. Canada um, ever since I, I showed... I love Canada. Ever since I showed you Letter Kenny, you've uh, had quite an affinity. Um... I, I I've had an affinity I've had an affinity for Canada ever since I visited Toronto. It's a fantastic city. It's beautiful. Well, David, would you like to you know do your thing? Ladies and gentlemen, from coast to coast, around the world, latitudes and longitudes, it's time to go to the Twitter. Woo. Um Good job, I David. Went, I, went, I went big that time. Yeah. Thank you. So this is from The Message LLC, or as you know him, David, as Freddie. Um, oh, nice. And his question, uh, and the way this works is, Brianna, you will answer the question first, and then David, and then myself. Um, it's very topical. What plans are you making that will enhance your life once COVID-19 is over. Um, what, what are you doing? And then secondly, what are you doing to not let this time be wasted? Mm. Not let this time be weird? Uh, wasted. Wasted, okay. Um, so I'm honestly, my job is completely shut down like most of the people in the United States. So I'm, I'm honestly just trying to figure out a way to make money right now because I just bought a new car. <laughs> so I've been making masks, and then I found a job, a second, well, a second job um, at, at Sprouts, which is a market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, yeah I work at a, so I work at a dance studio. It's like a Circus de Soleil kind of studio. Cool. Um, Ooh, is, super yeah, cool. it's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, it's super rad. But um, so I've been trying to like stay in shape for that, as well as getting a second job to help me purchase apparatuses and things after this quarantine is done, so I can perform for events and stuff. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, so it doesn't go to waste either. I'm working on uh, artwork as well, and I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty busy still. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Awesome. Um, what am I doing to make sure my time's not wasted? Um, I was on quarantine for three weeks um, because my job shut down for a little while. And um, so during that time, it was really just about... Um, doing a lot of like small maintenance stuff around the house uh, that needed to be done that was overdue, like nothing drastic, but like keeping myself busy, but like cleaning up, like my wife and I, we've also been definitely doing probably the most spring cleaning we've ever done and, and, and trying to minimize like a lot of shit. We've been getting rid of a lot of stuff. 
um, decluttering. So that's been good. Like, so that's a way to keep things time not wasted. Um, uh, and also like our, our previous guest, like said, there's been like a lot of like family tension and shit like that. Um, being in such close quarters with the same people for so long. And I really haven't felt that. Like I've, I've felt great with Kristen and I being here. Like we've been, we've been awesome. And, um, what am I planning for after COVID really just, just reconnecting with people like nothing big or extraordinary or anything. Like I just want to see my friends and give them hugs and all that good stuff. And, and, get back to quote unquote normal. Like I, I just want to feel like I want to feel like safe again and not so anxious when I'm out in public because it is like, there's uh, I, me personally, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety through all this. Like way too many thoughts and emotions going through my head constantly about all this. And, um, I, I just, I want life to go back to a sense of peace. And like, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So Eric. plans I'm making to enhance my life once COVID-19 is over. Um, I mean, I'm already doing what I'm doing pretty much I don't know I don't know what the world's gonna look like when this is over um it's gonna be round it's gonna be blue in some parts kind of green in others yeah I I get I get that part but I'm saying I, I don't I don't under like I don't know so like alright so I'd like a trip to New Orleans for my like um my anniversary with my wife for our to your anniversary and we had to cancel that. And it's like, you know, that's that vacation would have enhanced our life. It would have made our life a little bit better. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to make plans because I don't know when those plans are really mm-hmm. going to be able to happen. So at the moment I'm pretty much doing, I'm, I'm making realistic plans. Um, yeah, you know, and exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much, and a lot of that stuff I can do from home. Like a lot of it's art related. A lot of it's, you know, it, a lot of it's just my projects that I work on. Um, yeah. So it's not really, you know, I have tons of lists and tons of post-it notes and tons of ideas um, scribbled around everywhere. And it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcast stuff going on too. There is, um, but that's not the only thing I work on. I work on like you've you've seen my like room and everything I do. There's a lot of stuff going on, so none of those plans are ever really like they would have been happening either way. Um, the only exactly the only difference uh-huh. uh, is like you know the only plan is that my life is going to go back to normal. Um, I thought my life was great before yeah. this, and I think my life is still pretty good. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, because, I mean, I was living life to the fullest before. So, you know, if that's mm-hmm. something I can still do um, without getting sick or getting others sick, then I'll go back to doing that. Um, but I will adjust accordingly to make sure that I'm safe and I don't, you know, 
risk other people being, um, you know, getting sick. And yeah, what I'm doing not to let this time be wasted. I'm really fucking busy. Um, so I don't, yeah, you are. I don't really, uh, my time is not wasted. Um, somehow I feel like it's a different busy, um, than before, but I'm still, I'm still busy. I I'm blessed, I guess, in the way that like, I still have like this, you know, work. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's just, we changed gears and it's digital now and it's more, it's just a different, it's, instead of traveling a lot, it's all digital and it's a lot of calls and it's a lot of work online and, you know, it's just, um, doing that and then doing stuff for the podcast and, you know, also doing stuff, just other projects. Um, I'm pretty much doing the exact. I might cry when we get back in the studio together, Eric. I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> um, I won't. Um, I'll just say what's up and keep it moving. But I'm, I'm sure you'll shut it. Just, just get a like, just yeah, just get a like a, a towel ready on your shoulder. It, 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 oh my gosh. There's gonna be some tears there, buddy. Uh, what kind of art do you make? Me? Yes. Uh, I I mostly do collages. So I'm oh, like yes, constantly, okay. yeah, I'm always looking through, uh, different various magazines and all sorts of shit. Um, and some like, uh, I'll, I'll get cigar boxes and I'll do those. So they're kind of functional as well. So people can like, like not super functional, but like people can have them like near the, the table at their door. And like, I use one for my keys. Um, but a, a lot of them usually have like kind of a, kind of a dark theme. Okay. Uh, to them because just like you said, like it's, it's like a part of me that just needs to come out and like, mm-hmm. it's sort of finding the different images that I can sort of, uh, hodgepodge together to, uh, evoke what I want it to in the, in the final product. Mm. What about you, Eric? What my art? Um, yeah. yeah. So you do all sorts of stuff, man. I, I do I do a lot. Um, <laughs> so uh, photography, um, so professionally, photography and video are you know, and some sound engineering. Um, those are like the professional outlets. Uh, but I also do those creatively. Um, so more like passion, um, music, um, definitely photography, more along the lines of urbex uh, landscape. And I want to start getting back into portraits, um, both both professionally and for art, like artistic sake. Um, I have some I have some cool ideas around portraits as far as uh, output. So I like I have a bunch of ideas written down, um, but urbex is definitely my main art form with um, photography. For video, you know, we have some projects that you know like TV show ideas and um, short films and stuff like that that I have in the works. It's just mm-hmm. with the quarantine, it's kind of hard to get that stuff happening. And whenever you're looking at like yeah. those types of productions, it's just, it's really hard to do it with just like a few people. So that, that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, but then I also do, I guess, um, like mixed media. And, um, you know, I have some some projects like I mean, essentially my room that I'm sitting in right now, like my old room was a essentially an installation. Um 
with all the vinyls. So, I mean, yeah. that's just uh, just to give everyone who's listening a uh, kind of um, a visual. My room is the room I'm sitting in right now. It's a fairly big room, I guess. It's like twenty by twenty yeah. at least, um, maybe a little bit bigger. Oh, but yeah, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's covered or it used to be covered. It's only half covered now. Um, wall, floors, wall, ceilings with vinyls. Um, there used to be no white space. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff like that. And um, for any of the, for any of the younger crowd that's listening, <laughs> vinyl is rec is records. They're, they're the big things. They were black. You put a needle on them. They played music. <laughs> That's that's what a final is for any of you Gen Zers out there. But yeah, a lot of audiovisual. I'm I'm very much audiovisual, and uh, I would like to get back into more like mixed format because I think mixed format's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we would like to uh, thank our guest Brianna for joining us this evening. <laughs> Absolutely. Total pleasure. Um, Brianna, uh, where yes. can people uh, find you and uh, access your art? Um, I am on Instagram at sadgirlsylph. That's a mm-hmm. S-Y-L-P-H. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they can check it out there. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really go on my Twitter account, to be honest. <laughs> That's fine. But... Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram, and I do answer messages if people have questions about, or just like want to talk about mental health in general or anything. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that's like awesome. what my art's directed towards and whatnot. Awesome. Cool. I just wanted to give everybody an opportunity to see your art and possibly awesome. purchase it, so you can be a professional artist. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. Here at Podcast Recovery, we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our YouTube channel. For more information about Eric and I, go to podcastrecovery.com, where you can also find all of our uh, fantastic episodes on iTunes and Google Play and all those fantastic app stores. But most importantly, everybody out there, stay safe and stay clean.